If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You got to come out and uh, kind of you know execute early on. Uh, you know, I was talking to our defense this week that you know we're missing some things in the opening drives to be able to. Uh, create obviously uh, touchdowns within that first drive, but uh, you know I think we just got to really stick to our fundamentals and, and make the plays we're capable of making, and I think we'll get off on those drives. You know, a lot of it is we just got to clean up some fundamentals, and uh, I, I think we'll get off the grass. That is Todd Watts, Jaguars defensive coordinator, kind of maligned around here, uh, especially the way this season has started in the first half for. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they start bad again, do you could they make a change? Do you? Th- I mean, it, keep in mind now you could have a Doug Marone on the hot seat. Todd Wash been around here a long time. Uh, if if this looks the same mm-hmm. in the first half against a Cincinnati team and a rookie quarterback, would you be on alert for a change at defensive coordinator? I mean, it's. I guess it depends how bad it goes. I think if it goes like it did against against the Dolphins, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, obviously, I think that would come more from Dave Caldwell. Obviously, I don't think it would be Doug Marone's decision. I think Doug Marone's kind of tied in with Todd Wash. I think they're you know kind of yeah, that's interesting together. That's an right? interesting call. I think it would. Be. I don't think Caldwell will have anything to do with it. So it's to come from Doug Marone. Yeah. You think? Hmm. Yeah. I think it, I think, but do, I think do, those things happen from now. Listen, it could come from the top first. Like, hey, we got to move something. We got to mix something up. Yeah. We got to try to. While we still have a chance to salvage something, we got to salvage something. But keep in mind, it's Doug Marone that's on the hot seat. You know, potentially here. You know that if things go south, then he's not going to be around. There's a very good chance that he's not around. So he's the one that has to push the buttons. No, every coach that's been in this situation, if things start going wrong, they make a move. Uh, and if it doesn't look correctable, they make a move. They look for a jump start. Sure. And it doesn't always happen the first three or four weeks of the season. Sometimes it happens in week eight, around the bye week when you can get used to things uh, with a new person or a new coordinator. But we've seen it before in Jacksonville. I mean, listen, we've gone through this plenty of times. Um, I just, I don't feel like we've seen it this early in the season, but I wonder if it looked the same. If I just give you the same first three drives and the Jaguars are down a 10 points, two touchdowns, whatever it might be, and then they end up losing the game because of it. They almost have to. I mean, sometimes you're left with no choice, but and maybe you have a better vibe on this than I do, but I just feel like the relationship between Doug Marone and Todd Wash is, you know, it's kind of ingrained, right? Like, I, uh, like I, have a, I guess I, for me, whatever reason, I have a hard time seeing Doug Marone coming into the office and saying, hey, we have to let Todd Wash go. Yeah, I, listen. Nobody wants to do it. I no, mean, I mean you, it's a you, horrible thing. There's, yeah. a, there's a reason. It's a, it's a bad thing, number one. But there's a reason you. But that's part it, of the game. Man. You're riding with the guy anyway. I mean, he didn't have to bring him back this year. Correct. It's his choice. Yeah. So there's something that is obviously this huge separation between how the fan base feels about Todd Wash mm-hmm. and how they felt in that bi- building. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you when Gus Bradley got fired, I, I know there was a uh, an affinity for Todd Wash from the owner. 
You know, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons he stuck around when they pieced all this together with Coughlin and Marone and, and Wash. I, I think that was part of it. Um, but now we're going on year number four. And, well, and sure, the, 17 and 18 are a nice resume to fall back on. It was a great are in the defense. Rear, rear, though, man. Those I, are long gone. Absolutely. Yeah. And so has that worn out? And even for, for Doug Marone, uh, has that worn out? And again, this is. We, we see this in the NFL. It's just the way it is. When you If they lose this game, I think this is a huge game. I think this is an absolutely pivotal game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This season is what many people said if they lose this game. You can't lose to the Dolphins and Bengals. Mm-hmm. You have then have the Houston Texans who will be hungry and maybe 0-4, but they're way better than that probably. And mm-hmm. they're better than you on paper. And you got to go there, and you start to wonder what the psyche of this team is. And then you have Matthew Stafford coming in against his defense. And I know the Lions are the Lions, but the Jags are the Jags. And Matthew Stafford's Matthew Stafford against a defense that can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you might be looking at a bye week where I said 10 days ago, if they beat Tennessee, could they be 5-1? and one? Yeah. <laughs> it could be 1-5. and five. Yeah. And exactly what everybody thought. And maybe, and, and now all of a sudden, now you're, you're, now this isn't, now it's over. Mm-hmm. That, now it's over. Uh, like at one and five or even two and four, it might be over. If you didn't get through the first part of the, the season at three and three, given the fact that you beat Indianapolis especially, it might be over anyway. You might be just holding the rope. But if you're one and five now and this starts sliding, uh, well, you got no chance. And, and now for the next 10 weeks, all we're talking about is who's going to be the next head coach and who's going to yeah. be the next this and who's going to be that and, and, and all those storylines. So, yeah, that's kind of why I don't expect a change to come after Cincinnati. Um, I think if you do make a change, you wait until the bye week to, to do so. Because, listen, I didn't think this team was going to be a playoff contender, okay? I still don't think that. I'm not sure a lot of guys in that locker room wholeheartedly believe they're going to go to the playoffs this year, right? So we got to ask ourselves, what are the goals, obviously? And what do we look to attain when it's week 16, week 17? And I think right now, if you're Shad Khan, um, if you're Doug Marone, if you're Todd Wash, you're looking for improvement. You're looking to get better. Now, yes, you came out week one and you beat the Colts. That's great. But what have you done for us lately? So I think that you need to see improvements in places where we haven't seen much um, to cheer for. And that starts on the defense, obviously, and things like that. So I think you wait till the bye week. You evaluate it. Are you one in five? Are you, I don't know, you know, I mean, have you won two games? We'll see. But I think you wait to the, to the bye week to get a proper evaluation because by that point, if you're one in five, I mean, the season's gone anyways. Right yeah. now, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. So do you want to get a jump start on things for next year or do you want to ride with the ship that's sinking? Yeah, I guess uh, I understand all the next year talk. My curiosity here would be, okay, nothing's really changed in four weeks. This doesn't look good. We knew we were going to be a little up against it anyway on defense, I think, if they're being honest with themselves. But now this looks – we're not even giving ourselves a chance to win, mm-hmm. and we're not changing enough up. And uh, it's four weeks. I know we didn't have a preseason, but these fundamental things that we're talking about didn't happen. I think for Doug Marone's sake, you almost wonder. It's like, okay, if it, I'm going to survive here, if I even have a chance of surviving here, I've got to change something up, and it's not just the coin toss. Let me ask you this question. Jaguars right now are what? One and two. One and two. Okay. And we've kind of had this... Um, Boy, have I done a 180 in the last 10 days. Right. And, and we've kind of had this exercise before, but I want to have this exercise from a different angle now. Let's say that we're going to Cincinnati week four, and we're, we're still one and two, but the one and two has come from we beat the Dolphins, and we got beat by the Colts, and we got beat by the Titans. Are you feeling any differently right now of what this team is? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I thought about that question you asked a while back uh, yeah. after the first win. You had said if they're 2-2, two and two, I think it was. Correct. But the wins over Tennessee and two losses against Miami, it was a great question. But the fact that Trump did at that time was that you'd be 2-0 and oh in the division, which is more important. It doesn't matter how it feels. Sure. It would be 2-0 and oh in the division, at least in my opinion. But then when they lost to Tennessee, and I was like, okay, well, now if you – win one and lose one to your yeah. scenario, uh, then you're two and two, and it feels okay. Like, mm-hmm. if they had won Thursday night, I'm actually... Especially I, a primetime game, it I, makes it feel a little better, too. I, I would say if they're two and one right now and they lose to Cincinnati, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of what this team is. The problem now is this team could be on the edge and on the verge of not very good if they lose to Miami and Cincinnati back-to-back. So, uh Say your scenario again, just make sure I got it clear and yeah. I don't mess it up. Yep, no problem. So you're, you're still one and two, but the win has come against the Dolphins as opposed to the Colts week one. Do you feel any differently about this team right now going to Cincinnati in terms of your optimism and where this team stands? Nah, I probably wouldn't. Okay. I think the optimism came from those first two games. The quality of opponent, the amount of points that were scored, gave this city an optimism about their football team. And... We saw something that we haven't seen around here in a long time in terms of scoring 30 points mm. in a game. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but, you know, Seems it, like it, hasn't but it looked good. Yeah. Like the look of it, right, looked good. What we saw Thursday night with drops, overthrows, fumbles, interceptions, a defense that can't stop anybody. We've seen that song mm-hmm. and we've sung that song. Mm-hmm. A lot of times around here. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you have the feeling you have right now. And we're sitting on it for 10 days until they play again. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe, actually, Austin, I think like if this Jags team comes out and I know it's just the Bengals, but if they come out and they go put 31 up mm-hmm. and even if they give up 23, but they're ahead, they're in control of the game. Uh, they fix some of their it's not just three straight trips and then they fix it. I feel like at two and two, I'm going to come in here Monday on a Minshew Monday <laughs> and I'm going to feel better about the team because now I've seen them three out of four weeks move the ball on offense, score, uh, maybe fix some of the things that were their deficiencies, yeah. you know, on defense. And it looks a little again, this has all to do about uh, uh, the aesthetics of this thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and what it looks like and what it looked like. Indianapolis was uh, okay. They rallied. They they did it. What it looked like against Tennessee, you know what? I'm okay if it looks like that. You know, that's an NFL game, and some of those you're going to win because Goskowski's not going to hit the winner. You're going to march down there, or it's not going to get picked off at the line of scrimmage and batted down, and you're going to go win the game. What we saw on Thursday night is the big red flag, and if they do that again against a Bengals team that certainly is a beatable team, it's like season over, it feels like. And to echo your point a little bit about the same old song right here, this game is hard for me to pinpoint. Like, I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to bet on this game, but like, I don't know what the point spread is. But like, if someone's going to say, Who, who's going to win this game? Jags or, or Bengals? I honestly, I have no idea. And then I can make arguments for both. Like, usually they have a pretty good beat of, All right, I think this team's going to win or that. Team. I have zero idea right now of who's going to win this because it's the point that you brought up with the same old song. History would tell us and take 2017 out of it, but history would show us that the Jaguars are going to lose this game. Because that's what we're accustomed to. Anytime you, you perform like you did on Thursday night, you go on the road to Cincinnati, you lose that game. That's what the past has shown us. But also, this team seems to be different than they, they have been in the past, right? Because we're talking about a high-powered offense. We're talking about a team who, who can go down 14 points, come back, and win. We're talking about a team who can come from behind in the fourth quarter and win ball games. That's different, okay? 
So I guess the question begs to be seen here is, do the Jaguars come out, perform well, win this game, and this it is different. This is different than what we're accustomed to. Or is this the game where the Jacksonville Jaguars finally show us who they are? And, that, and who they are is obviously the same old song, what they've been singing for a long time. Now. Well, and that's why I, I believe this game is so critical. I think mm-hmm. it's such a big game, a pivotal game. I think it sets the tone for the rest of the year. And I'm not saying that if they win the game, I think, oh, look out now. Jags are back in the playoff mix. And, well, to be honest with you, two and two, they're back in any mix. They go to Houston against a team that's now you would spin it, right? You'd say, hey, Houston's whatever. They're one and three or they haven't been unbeatable. They might have a lot of problems. You can go a- if you are any good, you might go beat them. Yeah. But if the Jags lose this game, one and three, and they go to Houston, I'm going to sit here and tell you that Houston's way better than them, and Deshaun Watson's going to throw all over them and run all over them, and I have no faith that they're going to win that game. Hey, they call it a week-to-week league for the players. Mm-hmm. It's a week-to-week league for fan bases and media and everybody else that's watching this, especially when it looks as different as it has uh, two out of the three weeks. I mean, again, polar opposites of of what it looked like really the first two weeks. Um to the third week. And so it's a, it's a fat, I think this is just a massive game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think we'll learn a lot about this football team. And here's another one too. You know that resilience that we're talked about, the comebacks and, and they're not going to back down. Well, this is a big question mark or a big test in that. Doug Marone said they're resilient. We've said they're resilient. They mm-hmm. look at resilient. Yeah. But if you have bad to back to back bad performances, how resilient can you really be? Yeah. I mean, this is going to challenge their resiliency, which is one of the qualities of this football team right now. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot on the line, man, in this game. And believe me, I don't take Cincinnati lightly. Like, I think Cincinnati's actually better than people think. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think they have more talent on Cincinnati than people than their record has shown. I don't know if Zach Taylor's the guy. Really don't, because he hasn't won much. And I think they are. I mean, listen, they do have Mixon. They do have A.J. Green. Now they have a young QB who can get it done. But they have some defensive players, too, now. Correct. I mean, they're not. this is not the Jets roster. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like the Jets roster. This feels like more upstart Cincinnati, who is void of pieces, but not bad. I, I've had a bad feeling about this game since the schedule came out. Yeah. And right now I don't have any better of a feeling about this game. And that might be more about the Jags' last performance, but also about the Jags' history of bad performances stacking up and this is who you are. Uh, so we'll see what happens in Cincinnati. I think it's a massive game. I think it, I think it certainly sets the scene for the next few weeks leading into the bye and also maybe for the season. Because I haven't even thought about the back end of the season. I'm trying to get to the bye and see who this team is. Mm-hmm. Because the I'm not even going to get to the Minnesotas, the Green Bays, the all those teams, the Baltimores. That they're, I'm, I'm not even going to get to that. Until, Bears, remember, football's revenge Yeah, game. Way, way down the yeah, Bears. Right I mean, there. another reset against Minis, I mean, against uh, Tennessee and yeah. Indianapolis and, and all in Houston. I just can't get that. By the way, the Chargers, who are the Chargers? I don't know. Maybe they're okay, but probably better than the Jags. It's on the West Coast, too, right? Yeah. yeah. So I can't even get my mind there because I don't really know how to even treat that yet. Uh, when we get to the bye, if they're one and five, I think they're going to get thumped by about nine of those teams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. I really do. Well, uh, Scott, do you have somebody on the line you said? Yeah, we got Steve checking in from Melbourne. Uh, Steve, what's up, man? How you doing? Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Let's get you in. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, I need to ask, because I've asked uh, 
what is it, uh, Brent, this question before. What kind of stats do you think James Robinson is going to get? Because let's face it, uh, the videotape I've seen, Cincinnati doesn't have the best run defense, and our rookie of the month has been stampeding over everybody he faces. And Gruden said it in the media. He wanted to get a little more in the run game, but he went a little overboard on the pass because they were playing catch-up. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think it's a good question. It's on our topic list a little bit today, so we can get into it right now. I, I feel like they've got to run the ball more, mm-hmm. and partly it's because he's been successful. I also think partly to at least let's get Minshew back into the groove of this thing, right? I think he had an off day. Let's get him feeling good. Let's get the whole team feeling good about being able to run the ball. Let's get Cincinnati guessing. Yeah, you know, and say, oh boy, we gotta be ready for the run, maybe even the play action. We got, we got, they got it all working, and we got to be aware of it all. So I think the run game this week is more important than it's been actually in any of the three games yet. I know Robinson can run. I might lean on it a little bit more early mm-hmm. than I have in the past three games. So yeah, you absolutely have to, right? Because if I'm the Jaguars right now, listen, I don't want to have a Joe Burrow coming out party. I really don't. And one way you prevent that is obviously controlling the clock, controlling the tempo, and running the football. Now, to echo you know Steve's point a little bit, yes, the the run defense right now of the Bengals is horrible. It's bad. But keep in mind, and, and I've, I've seen this guy's praises many times, one of the most underrated guys in the NFL still to this day is Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins has been dealing with an injury, didn't play against the Eagles. Um, I think he was limited in, in practice with a shoulder injury yesterday. So maybe he's on trend to practice, you know, to, to play this Sunday. If the if the Bengals get Geno Atkins back, you're getting one of the best three techniques, in my opinion, back number one. But you're also getting their leader back number two. So that kind of ups the ante a little bit because what, what are we talking about? We're talking about right now the lack of three technique with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It makes a big difference. So if Atkins come back comes back, that could change the whole dynamic of what that Bengals defensive line can bring to the table. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good call. I, I listen right now. I like watching Gardner Minshew play in this offense. Mm. Right now, the guy I really enjoy watching play more than anybody else on the football field is James Robinson. He's the Offensive Rookie of the Month. I mean, what a story, too, right? I mean, what an incredible story. Uh, That being said, nobody goes to the Hall of Fame three games into their career. He's doing things, though, that I keep asking people. I said, hey, if you do this in your first three games, that kind of means you got something. Right. I mean, that's the real deal. This isn't flash in the pan kind of stuff. And again, that doesn't also mean you're going to be a perennial pro bowl or go to the Hall of Fame. But the Jags have something here in James Robinson. I mean, he has looked way too good. And I think it's worth noting. And, you know, I think we said this a couple of days ago. He has been so productive in his career, whether it was Pop Warner, high school, college. And it wasn't at the highest of levels. But it was super productive. I read somewhere, somebody said the other day, he had 478 yards and seven touchdowns in the first half of a game in high school. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's Derrick Henry-esque. Of course. Yeah. You know, and we said that about Derrick Henry, too. When Derrick Henry, you're so productive in, in high school. You're productive in college. You win a Heisman Trophy. You help Alabama at the national title. Well, you probably got a chance to be productive at the next level, too. I, I understand there's a jump to make for a lot of guys. It doesn't guarantee it. But when you've been productive everywhere you've been, I've got faith that you're going to be productive again. This guy's going to get his yards, his catches, his touchdowns because he's done it at every level. It's the same thing when scouts, whether it's in college or in the pros, talk about a quarterback winning all these games, right? Like 
if a quarterback's a winner in high school, he's a winner in college, more than likely you would think he's going to be a winner at, at the pro league as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, is the case for sure. We'll see about James Robinson, see if they're – what I wonder – let me ask you this real quick. Uh, do you think Cincinnati's defense keys on Robinson in this game, or are they more concerned about Gruden in the pass? That's a good question. Um, Jags are tough to figure right now, man. I mean, Robinson, as good as he's been, he had 83 yards or something receiving. Yeah. It was only 46 I running. Th- I'll be honest. I think they key a little more on the pass um, and hope that their front four and the linebackers can get home with what they have instead of you know bringing a safety down in the box. So I think they actually key a little more on Gardner Minshew as opposed to stopping Robinson. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do. Hey, we want to remind everybody you can vote for our Athlete of the Week on ESPN 690. Uh, go to ESPN690.com. It's brought to you by Honda the Avenues, and it's our Athlete of the Week. Shelby McKinney, a volleyball player from Middleburg. Alexandra Hennessy, a Fletcher volleyball player. And Eric Weatherly, Bartram Trail Football, are the nominees uh, this week. And so go to ESPN690.com. Go ahead and vote like uh, for your favorite athlete. Get some volleyball players on there. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, this is not just a football yeah. world thing. Uh, we're trying to get a bunch of different sports. And you can send your nominees on the page as well, ESPN690.com. We've got a bunch of votes. We appreciate everybody participating. And there's over 10,000 votes. So it's cool. We, the school spirit's out there of course. for Middleburg and Fletcher and Bartram Trail. And it's a, a good vote once again. So go ahead and congrats to Shelby McKinney, Alexander Hennessy, and Eric Weatherly for being our nominees this week. Listen, I love I love the variety of sports that you bring on the table. Question is, are you going to feature eSports one of these times? <laughs> I would probably have to look at that a few times. <laughs> you got to see what kind of numbers we're talking on the table. <laughs> Had a bunch of Fortnite kills. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what? Yeah. I've only heard of kills in volleyball. <laughs> Uh, go ahead and vote ESPN690.com, our uh, Athlete of the Week, each and every week, brought to you by Honda of the Avenues. Uh, update you on the baseball scores, and Austin has a good question about the rest of the NFL. It's kind of a bet. You like to gamble. Come on. Admit it. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. Hi, this is Grayson Marshall, Jr., 2016 ACC legend, and you're listening to ESPN 690. You know, anytime you have a guy that's that good after the catch, uh, knowing that as you work through your progression, you don't have to force it. You can still come down to your, your last option and still be uh, get good yards out of that. Um, that's been very nice to have. That is Gardner Minshew. We'll talk more about the Jags uh, coming up a little bit later. Let's talk bigger picture NFL right now for a moment. Uh, one, if you just jump it in and didn't see this, uh, the Tennessee Titans game and Steelers game, Postponed, canceled, postponed till later in the season. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're obviously having some issues there in, in Tennessee with COVID-19. I didn't like the whole setup of not being able to get back in your building until say, I understand it's the Titans and everybody around here would like to give them as much disadvantage as possible, but I didn't like the idea of, man, you're not allowed back in until Saturday. What's going on with everybody? How are the tests shaking out? Who else might test positive and then go play Sunday? Well, then they said Monday or Tuesday. But I'm still not even sure that's enough time. I, I think this was a good move to, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans to not play this week. We'll see how the NFL handles it. Would have been nice to have a Tuesday game, perhaps, uh, to, to watch. But I think this is the right move by the league, uh, given what's going on. And certainly something to monitor. I guess the big question is going to be, Is this? do you think this is a one-off? 
or how many more times will we see this during the course of the year? We're only a month in, mm-hmm. and I'm not like, oh my gosh. I think he had to. I think Roger Goodell actually handled this the right way in terms of his words, and he said, "Listen, we expected that this could happen. I mean, we're trying all these things, but would be dumb to say it's not going to happen. Like we're bulletproof on this thing. Yeah. That's not the case. So I just wonder." I think the MLB proved that too much, there is no such thing as too much probably, unless it just ran rampant across the NFL. I think they're going to work with the teams that it impacts, and they're going to come up with a resolution in the NFL. But if I said, if I set the over-under at two and a half, two and a half more teams go through something like this, you going over or under the rest of the year? Two and a half. So you got to pick three or two. Yeah. Three more well, see, times this happens or two more times it happens. Here's why it's hard to, and that's like the perfect number, too. You should be working in Vegas. Um, it's hard for me because, like, we don't know what transpired in Tennessee. And I'm not sure there's a big investigation that happens where it's like, all right, well, how did these guys contract COVID-19? Was there an incident where they went out to eat? Was there a club incident? Like, how, how did they get this? I'm sure even if they do find out, they're probably not going to tell us. With that being said, we're a quarter of the way in right now. We're almost a quarter of the way in the NFL season. I think that the realist in me wants to say there's going to be at least two more cases um, of, of something like this, right? Because I forgot how many guys and how many coaches got off just off the bat. It was like four or five, right? And then they closed down the stadium. And then a couple more guys tested positive today or whether it's last night. And they said, okay, the game's canceled. So with that being said, if you're talking – you know, four or five guys on a roster, you know, that's like 10%, a little less than 10%, like eight or nine. Um, I think it's very feasible that that can happen again for sure in the, in the span of an entire NFL season. Yeah, I think, uh, by the way, this just in four minutes ago, Titans add Christian Fulton to the reserve COVID-19 list. You know why? Because he's been so sick on the field. It makes sense. Sacks, interceptions, guy can do it all. Guy's sick on the field. I hope he gets better. Hmm. Some would say he was sick with it. Well, what? No, don't, no. First of all, I know you're going with this. Don't no, count that against. No, don't count it against him. Just, and then the, 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 the whole Diggs Fulton thing. Don't count that against him. At the end of the year, I don't want to see the breakdowns of stats and say, "Well, Christian Fulton had COVID, so unfortunately, you lose a bet." Not how it works. Right now, he's losing that category one to nothing. <laughs> That's not how it works, Brent. I hope he's okay. Yeah, uh, for sure. Wear a mask, Christian. I think that's the curiosity about it. Have we learned any more what went on with the Titans? Uh, and oh, yeah. as someone just asked, uh, not just someone, ring the bell neighbor. Nice. Said, uh, do we even know if they're positive tests? And I think... Yes, we do is the answer to that. Mm-hmm. We know the, the three players they initially listed, and now these others are positive tests. This isn't just the quarantining situation. Yeah. And there is a difference. But these have, the, the ears are up on the NFL. The flags have been raised because these are positive tests. Yeah. So these aren't just, hey, a family member has it, and these guys have to quarantine. That wouldn't be, there, there wouldn't be all of this going on. Instead, it's more five staff members, three players, two more players. Now Christian Fulton, uh, Mm-hmm. That's the issue right here uh, with Tennessee is the positive tests. And w- when it happened, how it happened, they were in Minnesota for a football game. They come back in. They shut down the facility because of it. Uh, how long will they have to shut down the facility now that there are more positives? Whew. It, it, it's a, 
this is the case study right now for the NFL. Yeah. And it's how they handle it, what they learn from it, in case it does happen again. Because I think you're right. I think we will see it at least another time, if not multiple times. I'd prob- I feel like uh, maybe because I'm a positive guy, I'll take the under on the two and a half. Like maybe it happens two more times in the course of the year. Sure. But that might be super naive. Mm-hmm. Might be really naive. I-, I think this next couple of months is really interesting. You know, whether it's the kids at school, sports teams, we're getting into a time where – colds, flu, all that other stuff happens anyway. The change in temperatures and and people usually get a little more sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what the numbers are and how that impacts COVID-19. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about it over the next six weeks or so. Are you a little surprised that uh, how many Titans players have it now? Six? Uh, Five? Oh, I mean, that have been officially announced. Well, it was three it? initially, and now I think uh, I, I think they said I think they were generalities today in terms of a couple more. Okay. And now that Fulton's name comes out, but I think there was another one yesterday. So you might be up to anywhere between. By my count, five to seven players and five staff. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, they play the Minnesota Vikings, and all we've heard so far is that Minnesota, they've all tested. um, Still negative. Negative, which is good. Are you surprised that not one person has contracted COVID-19 on the Vikings? Keep in mind, because Fulton was everywhere. Fulton was sacking Kirk Cousins. Can't believe Kirk Cousins doesn't have it. Fulton sacked him and was all over. Well, I think what concerns me a little bit about the Vikings is the fact that that I Mike Zimmer's lying. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Mike Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you're in trouble and you're feeling it and you listen to the noise when Mike Zimmer answers a question like you answer. <laughs> For but sure. different different uh topic. Yeah. The what cons- I think what would concern me right now is the fact that they found this all out say like Tuesday morning on the tests mm-hmm. and after that, you still see another positive test yesterday, and now we're getting more positive results today. So that's covering a three-day thing. You know, I feel like in the baseball stuff, and, and this isn't probably all true, but I felt like when there was a baseball outbreak, if you will, it was like, okay, but everybody else is in the clear. They've tested negative, and it, it hasn't impacted. I feel like this one's still lingering with Tennessee. Do we even know that there are not others that are going to test positive tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So therefore, Minnesota, I assume, is testing every day. And although they tested negative yesterday and two days ago, will somebody pop up in a positive test today? I don't know. You know, I just don't know it well enough, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, But I there's a little concern, at least for me, is like, okay, when's when do we know everybody else is all clear? The guys that have it are being quarantined and there's nobody else that's going to get it based on this one off thing in Nashville and or for the Tennessee Titans. That's why I say this is a case study right now for the NFL. I mean, it's the first time they've had to deal with it to this degree. They have to cancel a football game, and uh, we'll see how it impacts not only the Tennessee Titans, but the Steelers, but the Minnesota Vikings, and now the schedule yeah. uh, in, in, in that sense. There's a lot less wiggle room in the NFL for scheduling. That's yeah. one of the major problems with this, and that's why you could get into a situation. If there are more instances, and you have the over uh, of what I just presented, that you go off winning percentage more so than you go off records at some point in this year, that would be an option, could be an option. How detrimental is this to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And uh, I love Mike Tomlin's comments saying, hey, we'll play whenever. We don't care. Yeah. Now, and I mean, maybe, totally that guy to say it, yeah, too, right? And, and, and it's great. But, Which like, is good. But deep down, it's like, well, I mean, that's the sacrifice of the bye week now, right? That's the point, I believe. I Well, I got to look at their schedules, how they match yeah. up. But 
one bye week is certainly going to go away, and this will sure. become the bye week, and I think they'll try to move things around. We, yeah. we still have to get word from the NFL on how they're going to do that. True. But, I mean, so let's say right now this counts as a bye week this you know, this up-and-coming week now is the Steelers' bye week. I mean, you play three games in a bye week. Anybody knows that that's not a really good advantage because you want to get your bye weeks towards the middle, towards True. the end of the season when you have time to rest your guys with injuries and things like that. So I guess, obviously, it's not fair to the Pittsburgh Steelers that they have to, you know, probably go through their bye week so early on in the season. But once again, it comes down to the question, well, what are you really going to do? I'm just, you know, I feel bad for the Steelers. Great team, obviously. And every team's going through injuries right now. But I feel bad for them to say, you know what? We're going to reward you guys because the team that you're supposed to play, well, they got COVID. They weren't responsible, whatever it is. And now you guys got to sacrifice a bye week. That sucks. Here's the most likely scenario, and several people have presented this idea. Uh, the most likely scenario for rescheduling would be play the game in week seven, which is October 25th, the Titans' original bye week. Mm-hmm. So they would cha- trade week four for week seven. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Pittsburgh scheduled to play at Baltimore that week, but both the Steelers and Ravens have bye weeks in week eight, which would allow the NFL to make a change affecting only one other team. So I would assume then you could put – you could move the Steelers and Ravens game to week eight. Okay. I don't know what that does for the Ravens, though, in terms of when their bye week would yeah, be. Yeah, it feels like it's like a domino. So, yeah, where effect. where does that land to the Ravens? And right now I'm not even following what I'm saying enough to f- figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, see? I just love watching your face <laughs> trying to break everything <laughs> yeah. down. See, Steph said I'd be good at Amazing Race. Yeah. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> Last place. I can't even follow this. Yeah. But the other big news here is Minnesota reopened their facility on Thursday, so they got to feel pretty good about things. Sure. Uh, but, hey, listen, it is what it is. I, I just think that – I think the blueprint now is, is going to be set. Yeah. And now what they do in the NFL and everybody, how it responds, will be interesting to follow. You asked uh, an interesting question on our uh, little text chain yesterday. We never yeah. got to when we search for ideas for the show. We actually do this, people. I mean, we don't just start every show with we try. half a rack of ribs or full rack of ribs. Nine we holes try or sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it goes that way. Yeah. But you said, which NFL team will stay undefeated the longest? Kind of like, like a survivor undefeated pool kind well, of thing. Well, at this stage of the game, it might be the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they keep backing out like a bunch of cowards. Yeah. Uh, you have, what, seven undefeated teams? I think so. Yeah, let me bring them up for you You have... Quick. The Buffalo Bills. Yep. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. You have the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You have the Kansas City Chiefs. That's four. Definitely nobody from the NFC East. You have the Green Bay Packers. You have the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me get the other one now. I'm hot. That's six. Uh, the last one that you have <laughs> is coming from the – oh, Chicago. Yeah, good call. That's why. It's from the north. Save the, the worst for last. Uh, so which undefeated team stays undefeated the longest? I almost put Arizona in this category, too, because that, that loss to the Lions, Brent, I'll tell <laughs> it you what, It doesn't count. Man. It's like uh, a bad I, check. I, I know. I know. It's just, uh, it is what it is. Um, well, listen, I mean, I want to see you go first. I want to see who you pick first, because I, I have two teams here, and I'm, I think I know where you're going to go. Someone go with the other one, more than likely, but I want to see you go first. I don't, I don't want to put you behind the eight ball here. I'm not going with the Chiefs. That's too obvious. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I thought you were going to go with. Nah, okay. I mean, listen, man, do I look like, am I a chalk guy? I mean, I pick a lot You're not a chalk guy. Yeah. I hate chalk. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the reasons I hate the Yankees, probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Even even in school, I wasn't a big chalkboard guy. Yeah. I was more of a dry race marker kind of guy. 
<laughs> I don't know if they did that much uh, when I was in school. Dry erase markers? I don't think oh, they no, did I'm the sure dry you erase. Ch- yeah, you had chisels back then. The dry erase board good. wasn't around as much. I know. You're, you're really aging yourself right now. It's all right, it was. I know. I don't remember one dry erase board in high school. No? Or middle school. Mm. I think maybe in college it's where it started to happen. Did you guys have calculators yet? Or did you have, you have, you have a piece of paper and a pencil? <laughs> what were you using? Did you, did you have an abacus? Using the abacus? I didn't. Is that what that is, Scott? Abacus? Steph did. Steph's, yeah. a, Steph's a math nerd, so she probably you, oh, did. Oh, wow. Calling her out, though. Uh, no, does anybody have a calculator anymore? They have a phone now. You got a phone now. Yeah. I hear you. Kaylee was asking me the other day, she was asking me to spell something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey. it was last night. I was like, Kaylee. Auto spell. Let's go. Like, what are we talking about? Hey, Google. Yeah. Like, why are you asking me? And so I'm just going to tell you, and you're going to write it down, and you're not going to learn it. At least Google it. Yeah. So at least you see it. At least see it. Do yourself a favor. I, yeah. That's, so what you're saying is you didn't know how to spell the word, school. huh? What's that? I said, so what you're saying is you didn't know how to spell the word? No, I did. That's actually a pretty good speller. But I don't... Flex. This has to be... Uh, Such a flex. Yeah, I am a pretty good speller. Oh, okay. Spelling bee champion over here. Well, yeah. I was. Yeah. Got the math yeah. nerd, got the, the spelling bee champion. <laughs> spelling bee champion. Yeah, like fourth grade, you know? Like. Okay. <laughs> did, did you remember the, the winning word? No. And then, then it wasn't that, that big I also remember getting knocked out at whatever other round that was, the regionals <laughs> or whatever. Oh, yeah? I remember that word. Oh, yeah? Heinous. H-A-N-O-U-S. No. I'm not even close. I don't even H-E-I. know if H-E-I-N-O-U-S, right? Ah! That, the, 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 the E or the but A. I got knocked out twice, time. and I don't remember the other word. Like, I don't remember the other, but I remember that one. It was heinous sure. for one year. Yeah. I think it was two years in a row I went to that thing. Well, don't beat yourself up about it. I'm over it. All right, good. <laughs> I hope so. Has school ever been easier, really? Well, it's in terms of, like, like I wonder phones. if, like, really, like, if you went to school now, is school harder for us, or is it harder for, like, my kids? Oh, it's it's harder. It was harder for us. You think so? It was so much harder for us. Don't even get it twisted. I, here's where I I may disagree with that. It, yeah. Like in actual school. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. But the expectation now is like if you don't have like a four point two whatever, yeah. you ain't keeping up with the Joneses. Sure. There was no such thing as a four point two whatever yeah. when I went to school. It's like yeah. if you did had over a three point like hey, nice job. C's get degrees, everybody. For now, college. Now you better be like I, I tell you these stories. Like I've done like um uh like scholarship judging. Oh really? At, yeah. Man. At high schools. Yeah. And these kids have like 4.67 GPAs, and they're like 72nd in their class. Yeah, that's I'm like, crazy. Are you kidding me? And you yeah. can't get into Florida. Yeah, yeah. And so it's unbelievable. I actually think, I do think the schooling has to be easier because there's you, two reasons why I think it's easier. One, the, the access to be able to get the answers. Correct. It's almost unpreventable. It's not even fair. But it's unpreventable. Like, what do you? What can you do? Like you. But I assume when you still take those tests and everything, you can't have that access. Nah, you so can, you still got to know your. You know, but here's the other part, especially in Florida. Uh-huh. And I might get myself in trouble here. But in Careful now, Brent. Well, seriously, and Steady. this might be all around the country because this Steady. has changed. But in Florida, you know what they care about? Mm. They care about the grade you get at your school because you get, I think, more funding because of that. Oh, okay. So I believe, this is my view of it, oh. I believe that it there's retakes and all this stuff because yeah. kids, you want the kids to do well and your scores to look good. Yeah. And... So, therefore, getting like an A is probably easier than it's ever been yeah. because you get multiple opportunities. 
Mm-hmm. But I do think the pressure on the kids to perform and get and and do things is probably more than even it was on us. See, I feel like right now we're talking about like Russia and we're about to get shut down. Like I feel like the school boards around this state are powerful and mighty and will not hesitate to shut us up. So I'm not going to say anything. That's that's Brent. Uh, that's at Brent As Jax on Twitter, everybody. Yeah, and I didn't say sure. anything about. That. I do that with like. Not a lot of knowledge of the school system. Sure. Just yeah. what I see. You're just throwing out accusations, I mean, man. My kids have gone through the school system. Sure, sure. Like, I, I tell you, I say this all the time. My kids did w- well, mm-hmm. like in elementary school and middle school. I have no idea if they're smart or not. I have no <laughs> idea. Like, I don't. No. Yeah. I mean, this is, this I was gracious in my studies. I'm like, my mom knew right away. Eh, math is going to be rough for this one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Better, better rely on football. But now it's like, oh, you got like a seven. Okay, retake the test. See so if you can get a 95. Oh, yeah. No. I, no, it's, oh, nah, yeah there, there are no retakes there, Brent. No like, retakes. I, yeah, I think it's a uh, high school is a different animal, we think. It is. But at the same time, though, and listen, I'm going to be a little more sympathetic to the kids these days with social media and everything. Like, you got to keep up with the Joneses now. So, I mean, you got a lot on your plate. You have to get good grades, but also you have to maintain that Facebook status and you got to maintain that Instagram stuff and the TikToks and everything. That, that's a lot on a teenager's plate. I couldn't have handled that. No, I mean, it used to, for us, it was like go to Little League, play the piano, yep. and do your homework. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's like you know what's going on with everybody, you yeah. know everybody's business, you know what they're getting, yeah. and yeah, they're keeping up with that's real. So, so with that's that being real. said, that, all the ancillary stuff I think is way more difficult. So with that kids. being said, overall, I think it's actually probably harder now because you get all that social media stuff as well. Interesting. Yeah. We went way off the... Uh, yeah, so who's going, to, who's going to run undefeated <laughs> the longest year? We'll seven teams again. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> who do Packers have coming? I think I like the Packers. Okay. Um, I, I think the Bills are going to lose this week. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to Oakland, and I think they're going to lose. Okay. I think the Chiefs will mm. stutter okay. at some point uh, because everybody's gunning for the Chiefs. Mm. You know, like you bring your best against the Chiefs. I mean, I know Baltimore didn't quite frankly, but you gear up to play the Chiefs. Yeah, it's like your Super Bowl. And I think there are good enough teams that they'll play that they'll um, figure that out. So, I think Seattle is a little – I don't want to call them a fraud. Oh, wow, because that's my team I'm about to pick too, but okay. Really? Yeah. You I'll can't you give up what they're giving up, man, and continue to win. When you see their schedule, you can. But you oh, said yeah, the, right, the Grimmie Packers. So I, what's the Packers got? All right, so uh, – Atlanta at Green Bay. I think that's prime time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, October 5th, 8.15. That's coming up, Monday yeah, night. Monday night. Uh, then they travel to Tampa Bay. Okay. They don't play well on, on Tampa, but for whatever reason, they have, Tampa has kind of always had their number in Tampa Bay. Packers then travel to Houston. Okay. That's then a tough road trip. Bye week. Okay. Vikings at Green Bay. No, that's going to pan out. Then the Packers travel to San Francisco. And then oh, they got a tough schedule. Yeah, and then obviously the the hammer coming down on them and leaving no room for doubt. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Green yeah, Bay. That'll be tough. November fifteenth. Uh, the so what does Seattle have? So so yeah, Falcons, Buccaneers, Texans, Vikings, 49ers. Ooh, That's Brent's, tough. I don't know, man. Let's go to that cupcake schedule. We like to call this with the Seahawks. Seattle goes to Miami this week. Yeah, Miami. But Seattle's hey, not wor- not worried about it. You gotta be careful. This is why I wouldn't take oh, Seattle because Seattle's good for a stinker, man. Okay. They did. They do. They get. They get. There's like this game all the time. It's like, what is that? Look at me. Not worried about it. Even though they lost Chris Carson too. Keep in mind. After, so, after so it's Miami, be, what you got? <laughs> Vikings are gonna travel to Seattle. Come on, M- Mike Zimmer on hinge. <laughs> we don't know what this guy is capable of. I mean, he, he can just call off the whole season. We don't know. Easy one. Now, see, and here's the thing. So now they have a bye, and then could be a matchup of, of the NFC Championship game, Seahawks-Cardinals. 
at at Arizona. Mm. Man. But then after that, then it's 49ers at Seahawks, and then Seahawks at Bills. So you know what? This is, this is a hard schedule coming up. But I, I like the first two games against the Dolphins and the Vikings, and they have a bye, get Chris Carson healthy, and then you travel to Arizona. And probably the highest scoring affair of all time. I can't buy the Bills enough. Kansas City is obviously the easy pick. Most people, if we put this poll out, would pick Kansas City. But keep in mind, they have Dan New England coming up. Hey, I'm looking pretty good with my New England Jaguars bet. So don't even start with that. Three weeks into the season, you're a game ahead. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I got the Bengals, and you have the Chiefs. And I'm feeling pretty good about (laughs) ninety-six hours. So check this out. So the Chiefs, they're they're hosting the Patriots. That's a W. Yeah, that's a W. Then the Raiders. They're hosting or going. Hosting the Raiders. Stop giving the Raiders so much credit. Then they're traveling to Buffalo, traveling to Denver. Oof, they could be 8-0. I mean, that'd be 7-0. Mm-hmm. It could be 7-0 easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably pick. Um, I'm trying not to pick them. Okay, well, there you go. So you, you're going with, so we have this on paper now. How about, the uh, how about if I say this? What's Pittsburgh got? All right, well, obviously they're sitting pretty this well, week. Well, obviously, yeah. But All right, so Pittsburgh. Postponed. Uh, Eagles in Pittsburgh next okay. week. Browns at Pittsburgh. Okay. Steelers at Ravens. Oh, that's a tough one. Steelers at Cowboys. Oh, gets tough. Yeah. I mean, the Browns don't bother me, and neither do the Eagles right now. But so mm-hmm. they'll be maybe five and zero. But that'd be tough to be six, seven and zero. Yep. So uh, are, are we going to get off the fence here and make a t- make a pick here? I'm so going to stick with what I said. I'm going to say Bay? Packers. You are such a homer. Um, I love you, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, Have they named the street after me in Iola yet? <laughs> just ask. Maybe they will. Appleton? Just, just ask. They'll do that for you. There's nothing better going on right now in that town. Just call them up and say, hey, I'm Brett Martineau. I talk on the news. Oh, really? Well, here's your street, sir. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you have a street? No, because I've never asked. I had an ice cream flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, go and give me the, the Seahawks. Then. Yeah, Seahawks. That's a tough bet. Yeah. Uh, the Bills, the Bills, the Seahawks, the Packers, Chicago, nobody's I mean, picking. Hey, get out of here, Chicago. Tennessee's interested in know how to win. I think Pittsburgh knows how to win. Chiefs obviously know how to win. You want to see the Tennessee schedule real quick? Ooh, no. So Bills at Tennessee, then Texans at Tennessee, Tennessee at Cincinnati, Chicago at uh, Tennessee. Tennessee could be undefeated. They got to get by the Bills. Yeah. Okay. And the, you're not buying the Texans anymore? Watch, all of a sudden, t- Titans are going to be like this feel-good story. They overcame COVID-19. Here comes J.J. Watt. Oh, oh, you think that's what's going to are going to deal with that crap from the Titans all year. This isn't a Disney movie. I don't know. Sometimes it's sports a feel-good is. story. Sometimes sports is a Disney because movie. Because a team overcame COVID? Come on, Brent. Could Come be. on, man. Listen, storylines exist. <laughs> they do. I'm not buying that one, though. Sorry. I mean, listen. Uh, one team. Right one now. Disease, one Aaron Rodgers is on the Disney Oh yeah, movie script. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. What would you call that movie? Uh, Pro- I mean, I, I was going to say something, but it's not appropriate. It's something about the <laughs> comeback. Starts with the letter F, let's just say. <laughs> um, uh, I wouldn't go there. Yeah. Not sure if Scott knows exactly where that dump button is on no, this No, for sure. That's why I didn't go there in the first place. Oh, uh, I found it. Who else is a Disney movie right now? Josh Allen from Trash, Rags to Riches. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey talking bad about him. Now all of a sudden he's like the talk of the Trash town. Trash to Treasure. That's a, that's a good story. I'd buy, I'd buy that script. Anything else? Russell Wilson. Yeah, but that guy's been 
That guy's been living in it for a while now. I mean, Mahomes is living the storybook. Yeah. He's having a baby? Baby, engaged, yeah. Super yep. Bowl MVP. A lot in his plate coming Never up. Never thrown an interception in September. Yeah. Is that really, is that a fact? Oh, yeah. Dang. In his career, he's got like 30 touchdowns and no picks in September. Yeah. He's never lost in September. That's a story right that's there. That's incredible. Yeah, that's Mr. insane. Mr. September. That's insane. Any, any, any other good stories for scripts we could think about? Teams and stuff? Buffalo, uh, Chicago. I guess. No, see, here's what I think's going to happen in Chicago. You think Foles is going to come back now? It's going to be like the old Foles, and it's going to be all this hype in Chicago. I don't with feel that defense? like it. Oh. I don't feel like it. Yeah. I'm not feeling that yet. Okay. I don't feel like this isn't magical Foles. Yeah. I, my, the more and more you think about what happened in Philly, it feels like that's a one-off. The, but you know that's a storybook ending, right? If he well, goes to Chicago and does... But if he does that, yeah. He was doubted in Jacksonville. And yeah, I can see that now. Who would win comeback player of the year if Foles takes Chicago to the playoffs? Cam Newton and the Patriots go to the playoffs. Cam Newton or Nick Foles? Cam Newton all day. Has to be, right? That's the storyline, yeah. All right. Because the Patriots are going to win a lot of games this year, too. I got the too. Packers. Iola, Wisconsin. Huh, Name the street after me. Just tell me when I need to be up there. Get in that street. Name. You can just FaceTime them or Zoom them. They don't care. It's fine. <laughs> There's like 10 people going to come watch it. Who cares? <laughs> just zoom it, man. What are you talking about? We're zooming. <laughs> be named the street after me. We're zooming it. Very good. Zoom on by. Yeah. Hey, we got an hour to go here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Question about the Jags and their young talent. Is it talented enough something to build on regardless of what happens uh, this year? An update on the Major League Baseball playoffs. A thought or two on the Lakers who cruised last night. So I left uh, on an hour. More of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Thursday.